Good afternoon, thank you very much. This work that I've done in collaboration with Professor Sacco, that is Study the process of the bonding of muscle elements, triangular fat pitch. Just a few main ideas. The interface uh, does not only take into account uh, the, the linear, but also the nonlinear behavior. It's composed by an enriched kinematics. We assume damage constitutive equation, and uh, we propose the model, and uh, we we make some numerical simulation in order to assess the, the model and to study the effect, influence of motor joint in a muscle element thread with FRP. The FRP reinforcement technique is widely used for uh, brittle and transitive substrate like concrete or, or marble. Usually, one of the main failure modes is the bonding. That is usually modeled with a, a fixed cohesive law that assumes a relationship between the shear stress and uh, this lead. But uh, from an experimental point of view, it has been focused that uh, the failure is strongly affected by uh, the heterogeneity of material and boundary effects. So we want to introduce uh, an interface model that keep into account not only the relative displacement along the interface, but also the state of stress. And moreover, we want to take into account different substrate at the interface level. Interfaces are widely adopted and widely used in structural analysis. There are thin layers where nonlinear behavior localized. They are linked between surfaces with zero thickness governed by relative displacement and traction along surfaces. In the reinforcement, the interface is composed by three main layers. The first one is the glue, a zone a layer of material where glue penetrates open porosity, and uh, the third detachment layer that is. The first two layers in this uh, failure mode, the bonding, present mainly linear behavior. Non-linear behavior is strongly localized in the detachment layer that is uh, some millimeter underneath the substrate. So we just want to keep into account this aspect. Another thing is that uh, the detachment layer, we've got uh, shear stress that can be transmitted, but we may also have a traction that strongly influences the resistance of the material, but we may also have an increment of shear stress capacity induced by compression. So we may also have, want to keep into account the aspects that are not commonly reproduced by classical interface model. The main idea, three layers, we want to just to consider two main layers. The first one, where linear behavior can be considered, the glue and the skin layer where the glue penetrates inside the material, and the detachment layer where all nonlinear behavior localized. So we, our interface is composed by two layers. After that, we have, want to reduce our two layers to a classical single interlayer model. Three main surfaces, bottom, top, and the mean surfaces, where we can define classically the relative displacement as a difference between surfaces of the three layers. For the linear layer, it has a stiffness, physical stiffness, and the kinematics is uh, unusual 
we does not only consider relative displacement, opening and sliding, but also the actual deformation in order to keep into account the stress that I said before that influence the shear stress capacity. So the stress is composed of three terms, the actual stress, peeling, vertical stress, and shear stress. And for this layer, we consider just a linear behavior. The other layer, with, uh, where nonlinear behavior take place, similar kinematics, composed by three terms. Three terms for stress, but nonlinear phenomena are taken into account by introducing a damage variable that produces this uh, classical this classical stiffness matrices in nonlinear behavior. How the damage variable evolves? We introduce the FXC stress that does not depend on the damage variable. A Drucker-Prager pressure-dependent criterion that uh, introduced an effective equivalent stress. This is a linear combination between the first invariant of the stress and the second invariant of the deviatoric part of stress by the use of a pressure shear coupling coefficient. We define a linear function that if it was where a cam uh, nonlinear behavior take place and uh, a damage evolution law, we've got an irreversibility, the material cannot heal, and a linear, sorry, a linear behavior. So we define a second parameter that defines the ultimate value of the equivalent effective stress. The overall interface that is composed by the sum of the two thickness can be obtained by writing indefinite equilibrium equation. Just use simplification, we neglect bending effect along the thickness. We assume that the shear stress is constant along the thickness. And equal material properties are assumed for the two substrates. And so we can obtain an interface law that is rather classical. We've got damage, stiffness matrices, matrices and uh, uh, a kinematic vector that is composed by classical relative and opening displacement, sliding and opening, but also actual deformation. Some numerical tests concerning a single lap shear test. At the beginning, I considered just only a brick substrate. This is the elastic domain that we have obtained in terms of shear stress, axial stress for different value of the vertical stress. So we got something that is a, a regularization of the classical Mokulomb failure criterion. We've got a different point, different value of the shear stress as a function of, of the steel. And this is due to the fact that at the beginning we've got no confinement, so the actual stress is zero. An increment of the shear stress capacity in, in the middle of the reinforcement due to the confinement stress horizontal, and at the end we've got peeling, so the vertical stress that reduces the shear stress capacity. A comparison with uh, experimental tests that I've done, that I've done a few years ago on the Masary substrate with an anchorage length of 150 millimeters, and it's composed by four bricks and three joints. This is their response in terms of force versus displacement, and this is the experimental results and our analytic solution, uh, numerical solution, they are in good agreement. We have got the, the load drop, this is rather classical for the type of test, and the dashed line in case that we only consider bricks straight. If you look at the local behavior in bricks, 
We've got these are reported the free component of the stress, shear stress, axial and vertical, and also the effective stress in the axial direction that govern the failure. You can see that at different points we've got different constitutive relationship, and this is the fact that if we look at this point, this is just at the beginning of the reposition, we've got very limited value of the effective stress in the actual direction. If we look at this point, it is in the middle of the central brick, we've got the uh, actual stress that moves to higher value of in compression that increases a lot the shear stress capacity of the of the brick. And even this is even more evident if we look at two points around the joint. This is just before. You can see here uh, actual stress that moves from traction to compression. But after the joint, we've got nearly no traction, but the effective stress in actual direction reaches very high values, 4 meg 5 megapascal in compression, that is nearly similar to the value that we can have obtained for the shear stress. This is certainly, this is a summary along the, the phase that we've got in terms of shear stress versus slip, different constitutive relationship. And usually, uh, fixed mode 2 is uh, adopted, and we can see here where the fractal energies are reporting along the central brick that we've got the value of the fractal energy that has to be dissipated in order to make fractal evolves very strongly along it. This has actually even more evident when we look at the behavior at the joint, we got very high value of the actual stress that strongly influence the response. Now an ideal test with several bricks and seven joints, we've got as many load drops as the number of joints we have, with particular uh, significance of this equilibrium point. If we look at this third point, we can see that the peak of the shear stress is just before the joint. After that, we move to this minimum local point, we've got the peak of the shear stress is just after the joint. So it moves, it means that the load drops occur when the joint is involved in shear stress transfer. And it's clear if we look at this middle point E, you can see that the ideal peak of the shear stress would be exactly on the joint. Oh, I've got the small. where it's reported the, the damage in orange and the free, free components of stress. We can see this one is a shear stress that very strongly near the joint. So we got we move from seven and a half megapascal to five. So it means that the joint strongly influences the behavior along the interface. Last numerical simulation, we have considered different stiffness mechanical properties along the in the substrate. The softer is the joint, the more brittle are the low drops. So it means that in the substrate the, the joint is softer, this jump are higher and the behavior becomes more brittle. And as here we have kept fixed at the substrate level the the rigidity of the, of the joint, but I've increased at the interface level the strength, and this leads to no, no 
modification in, on the slope of this load drop, but the height of the load drops strongly varies and decreases as the strength of the joint increases. In conclusion, load drops that are commonly obtained in, a numerical, in experimental results are reproduced numerically. And these load drops occur when the motor joints are involved in the load, load transfer. We have seen how the mechanical property of joint influenced the response in terms of load drops and brittleness. Another aspect of the, the fracture energy that has been evaluated along the bricks varies along the uncollapsed length. And this is even more evident in presence of joint. The load carrying capacity, if we average the, the value of the, load, uh, of the load that can be transferred, we can see that the, the average value is smaller than the one that we will obtain if we consider only bricks substrate. And this is in accordance with uh, what the CNR ET200 prescribed, that prescribed a reduction of the force that can be transmitted. What would be interesting in the future is to apply this model somewhere else and also to define the design rules that permit to keep into account from the quantitative point of view the influence of motor. Thank you very much for your attention.